0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's another home ice loss for the Edmonton Oilers as once again the San Jose Sharks toy with the Oilers. A 5-2 decision tonight. Kevin LeBanc with a hat trick. The Sharks come storming out of the gate to get two goals in the first period. Outshoot the Oilers 12-5 through the opening 20 minutes. LeBanc scores again on the power play in the second period. The second half of the second period was the best the Oilers played today, and they did get a power play goal from Ryan Nugent Hopkins to cut it to 3-1, but LeBanc finished off the hat trick early in the third. That pretty much turned out the lights. Tomas Hurdle got one shortly after that. Zach Cassian with a late goal for the Edmonton Oilers, who have now lost five straight at Rogers place. They have been outscored 26-12 over those five consecutive losses on home ice. And all told, it is 11 losses in their last 13 home games for the Oilers. They are a flat-out better team on the road. They're above five hundred on the road for the season and and 6-4-2 in their last 12 away from home. But now 12-15-1 at Rogers place for the season. And now they are four points out of a playoff spot. Next game is a road game in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 8.02. We are live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. You can reach out by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. All right, well, the Sharks have beaten the Oilers three consecutive games now, 7-4 in late December, 7-2 in San Jose a week into January, and now 5-2 tonight. And Rob, I mean, we had reason to be concerned about this game coming in, and we we saw it early on and through most of the night, the concerns were justified.
1: Well, the San Jose Sharks are, are, are one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League. They made some great signings. Uh, especially picking up Eric Carlson in the offseason. Uh, once he figured his game out in, in San Jose, they've been flourishing. And uh, another thing that gives the Oilers problems is they're a deep team. They, they got three. Th- I mean, when you got Joe Thornton, who is one of the best offensive players in the National Hockey League over the last 20 years, when you have him on your third line, you're, you're pretty deep. Uh, and the Oilers struggle against teams that can throw three four lines against you because they don't have the lines that they can match them with so it was a tough matchup. and then you add the fact that the Oilers didn't play the perfect game they needed to play they made big mistakes they they cheated on plays and and you can't do that against San Jose San Jose is too good they will take advantage of those opportunities and they did tonight so uh, San Jose came in as as a heavy favorite in this game and I think they delivered
0: Well, and you mentioned the big mistakes as well. And, okay, San Jose has more depth. We know that they should be able to beat the Oilers straight up most times. But the number of opportunities that San Jose had tonight with an open guy, with an odd man rush, the goal where Dreisaitl just neglects to back-check it all in the first period, early in the third period. Okay, you're down two going to the third. You're not in a great spot. But maybe, maybe you got a chance. The Oilers' best players are on the ice they, they turn it over at the offensive blue line, and then no one recovers on the play. And San Jose just storms down the ice, and LeBanc nets his hat-trick goal, and that pretty much ended it, even though there was still about 18 and a half minutes left.
1: Yeah, it was... It, it, we, Hitch talked about the fact that you're not going to win a... They're not going to win a track meet. They're not going to win a, a 6-5 hockey game. If you're going if, to... If for the others to be successful, they have to win 3-1, 3-2. And most nights, they're, they're guaranteed that... Two goals because their top players always score. They always get two a night, and they have been averaging that for quite a while. So you've got to play good, sound defensive hockey, wait for your chances, and you can't force things. Uh, Leon Dreisel tried forcing something in the first period. It turns into a, an empty net back, back end, go, back side goal for, for Vander Kane. And then at the blue line, the one you're talking about, LeBlanc's third goal of the game, the Oilers forced at the blue line, and then they all got caught. The San Jose Sharks did a good job, stood them up, and then they, the one thing San Jose is very good is turning uh, turnovers quickly north and going in and trying to capitalize on the mistakes, and they did that. And you can't do that. You have you have to play smart hockey. You have to be a very good puck management team when you're playing against the San Jose Sharks. And the Edmonton Oilers weren't that tonight.
0: So five two, the Sharks win it. Also for Edmonton, compounding the loss tonight. Ty Ratty left the game late in the first period. He blocked a shot. Did not return. We'll uh, await a further update uh, if Ken Ho- if head coach Ken Hitchcock has one tonight. But. It didn't look great, and that uh, further affects a, a, a forward group that's not that deep to begin with.
1: No, it, it, it certainly hurts, the depth part of the Edmonton Oilers. Raddy is, and it's too bad for Raddy, it seems like every time he gets his opportunity to play on the top line, he shows flashes, and then an injury or something fails him. And today, uh, you, you give him credit for, for putting his body on the line, and you just feel sad for the kid because his opportunity now may be gone uh, for a while because the way he walked down the tunnel back to the dressing room did not look good and hopefully it's a bone bruise something along that line but being in around the game long enough when you see a guy walking like that you start worrying about breaks and breaks. now by the way the season is if there is a broken bone that could be the end of the season so yep. hopefully that's not what it is but the way he left the ice, you're a little nervous because of it.
0: Alright, 5-2 San Jose wins. I, Rob, I think we have to talk about it again because it's become a huge storyline over the last couple of months here. The Oilers are, are 2-11 and in their last 13 home games, where you often think even if you're a, a mediocre team, you think, okay, that's that's our place. That's that's our house. That's where we know how to play. That's where we can rely on some things. That's where we can maybe try to dictate a little bit or have some energy. But it's so many points thrown away on home ice, and as we've seen a lot, the Oilers aren't close in some of their home games. And it's not just against the San Jose's of the world. I mean, Carolina comes in here. Uh, Detroit comes in here and gets a win. I know the Oilers caught up to make it a one-goal game, but it was it was 3 nothing at at one point. Chicago just... Steamrolls the Oilers in the third period, and I mean that's that's just concerning. At anything, the, the, they're they're losing the games, and a lot of them. You're five minutes into the third period, and the building's emptying out. I mean, people are like, "Well, there's no comeback tonight. This is it's too big a gap."
1: Well, you made a good point. If the oil, so the two wins in the last 13 games. If the Oilers had five wins in their last 13 home games, like that is a, that's not a good record. But if they had five wins in their last 13 home games, they'd be in the playoffs right now. Like, with a below 500 record on home ice in their last 13 games, they would be in the, in the playoffs. Um, and I think a lot of it goes back to, we had a caller the other day ask us about what is the Oilers' identity? Like, what is their team identity? And I think you usually find a team's identity on home ice. Because if you're going into Boston, when, when I play, when you're going into Boston, okay, it's going to be physical. When you're going into Edmonton, okay, they are skilled. When you're going into Philadelphia, okay, it's going to be rough. Like, there was an identity that, you know, when you went into New Jersey, you're not going to get many chances. You've got to take advantage, whatever, because they are very good defensive. Uh, I'm not sure, and we were asked the question. I still don't know what the Oilers' identity is as a hockey team, and it really comes out here on home ice. Well, the,
0: the, their identity, at least lately, has shown up more on, on the road. And, and, again, they're not an excellent road team, but they're, they're okay. Mm. And, and in their last 12, 6-4-2. Very. That's, that's a good record and, on the road. And how have, they, how have they got those points on the road? Well, generally by, by checking a little better. Hitch made a great comment yesterday. He said, when we play at home, we try to hit home runs. Mm. And when they go on the road, they have a little bit more under control mentality now three more tough road games coming out i mean this could be a a really season defining road trip here if the points slip away and you keep falling further back in the standings but but if if there is an identity for the Oilers, i I think we we see it more on the road where at least they're they're able to scratch out you know the odd more point win in overtime win in shootout i know those were disappointing losses in in philly and montreal Last weekend, but at least they were points as, as opposed to what they're getting at Rogers. Well,
1: normally when teams go on the road, they play with a little bit of fear. They play tight because they don't want to get embarrassed on another team's home ice. You don't want to get blown out, so you play a tighter type of game. You 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 know dump it in more. You you, you play the percentages. You don't make high risk plays because you don't want to give the the home crowd something to get uh, the momentum and the emotion going in a stadium. Uh, and that's how the Oilers have played on the road. They played those tight, close to the best games. They they wait for the chance. They get their bounce. Um, they don't force things. And, and on home ice, they force too much. And, and you said it. The This is not a, a make-or-break road trip. They, they're not going to make the playoffs if they go get five out of six points, and they're not going to miss the playoffs for sure if they get zero. But the way that this standings are right now, the way that teams seem to be playing against each other, and there are so many teams in the playoff race right now If you don't get points on this road trip, you're putting yourself in a position where you're gonna have to run a table. You're gonna have to go you know, eight of nine or 11 of 13, something along those lines. And what we've seen thus far with the Oilers, especially in the last two and a half months, I don't know if they're capable of putting that kind of run together. So it it starts in Pittsburgh. It's an easy team to get up against because you're playing against Sidney Crosby, you're playing against Malkin, you're playing against Kessel. So it's not a hard team to find excitement in, but it's also a team that you cannot play like you did against San Jose. You cannot make the big mistakes because Crosby will beat you, Kessel will beat you, Malkin will beat you. They got players that can turn the game quickly on you if you make the big mistake. And the Oilers are finding when they play these good hockey clubs, when they start to try to trade, trade chances or force things, those teams make them pay.
0: 5-2 San Jose wins tonight, but that's what I wonder too, Rob, and I think that's, that's what worried me coming into tonight and, and going into play Pittsburgh or whoever, like the teams who are top eight or 10 in the league. We haven't seen the Oilers do well against those games. They've been able to beat some teams that are around them in the standings either even below or just ahead. Unfortunately, they haven't won enough against those teams, but we've seen Calgary, San Jose several times, Winnipeg. I mean, the, I still go back the Winnipeg game on New Year's Eve. I thought the Oilers played a pretty good game and, and, and lost. And then if they're a little, if they lag a little bit, like they have against San Jose or Calgary, got that three nothing lead, then you're in real trouble. And, that, and that's what, what scares me. It's it's hard for me to envision a scenario when the Oilers can ste- where they can steal wins against upper echelon teams in the league. Well, a lot has to go right. A yeah, lot
1: has the to go right. And, and and you go back to, to the to their playoff year. There were a lot of games that the Oilers got outplayed and won. But they won because their goaltenders stole games for them and their power play scored late goals for them. I, you and, and, and this is in no way tonight's game on the goaltenders because there was a lot of mistakes made throughout the lineup. But when this season is the last time a goaltender won a game for the Oilers, stole a game for the Oilers, that's how you beat the best teams. That's how you beat teams that are better than you in the standings. That's how you beat the San Jose Sharks. We saw it for a number of years where the Oilers would go in and get outshot 50-19 to 19 and win in San Jose because their goalie st- stole a game. When is the last time a goaltender stole a game for the Edmonton Oilers? Because that's what they're going to have to do because the Oilers are outmatched in a number of these games against better teams. Their goaltender has to somehow steal a game, and it's not happening. Now, again, this isn't on the goaltenders, These a lot of these games. But the Oilers somehow need somebody to stand up and take charge. And it could be, well, I'm probably going to be Koskinen's chance next game to steal a game and somehow find a way for the Oilers to win two games and get two points in a game they're probably not supposed to win. All
0: right, 5-2. San Jose runs away with it tonight. We're live in Studio 99. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com.
2: Maybe just start with your, your assessment of what, what happened with your team's play tonight. And
3: We didn't even give ourselves a chance. We turned it over so many times in the neutral zone in the first period. We didn't even give ourselves a fighting chance. The game was over. When you turn it over that many times and you, you make casual plays like that, you give yourself no chance. We did it on the first, second goal. We did it on the fifth goal. Or, sorry, fourth goal. Why don't even give ourselves a fighting chance. You know, and, and we did exactly the opposite in, in uh, Minnesota. And I don't have the answers, Ryan. Um, but, to me, we can't play this way and actually expect to win hockey games. Not at this time of year. Quite frankly, not ever. Maybe in an exhibition game. But, uh, This is, for the players, has to be really unacceptable. To play that way with so much at stake, to be able to move within two or three points of seven and eight and to play this way just can't be acceptable.
4: Can you talk about bringing the road game home? How can you see the team doing that? Is it a mentality? or?
3: I I don't really know. I mean, we had a great practice yesterday and... When you put skill in it ahead of work, you get burnt. And there's just too much of that going on. And I, I don't know. I mean, we address it all the time. We sit there and then we, we think we're moving in the right direction. And then we just stumble badly. And there's just so much. It isn't even what the other team's doing to us. We just shoot ourselves in the foot. I mean, we're just... This is the First of all, San Jose's a hell of a team. But that's the last team you want to trade offensive chances with. Odd man rushes. And that's what we did. We had as many odd man rushes as they did. But they got guys that can finish. They got three, four lines that can finish. And that's not the way we can win. And we have to manage the game properly. We have to manage the pucks through the neutral zone properly. And we'll be in good shape. And when we do it, like we did in the second period, we're in really good shape. But then we start the third and... You know, you look at us, we're walking down Main Street to score a goal. It's just us and the goalie and 9 seconds later it's in our net. And you know, we just we can't do the things we're doing to ourselves and expect to be a playoff team. That's all I can tell you. On the second goal of the game, uh, Drysdale
2: has got Kane in the neutral zone. Kane skates right past him, scores a goal. When a leader on your team makes a play like that, is it worse?
3: um that's a good question i i just i think it's a it's a symptom of something much bigger you, you know what i mean like it's it, it's those are areas that just to me it's priorities and it's what's important and i mean look look at the goal the fifth goal is a change goal we just went dribbling to the bench turned it over in the neutral zone and then just walked to the bench and changed it's it just can't be acceptable but you know what mark we can't keep it can't at this time of year the coaches can't want it more than the players okay that's number one and at the end of the day it's going to be decided whether we want to play the right way because it's successful or whether we just want to do our thing. And to me, today was a game we just wanted to do our thing and paid dearly for it.
2: You, when you got here, Ken, you talked about a team that you know, looked like it got down on itself and it was a lot about the spirit of the group and feeling there needed to be
3: improvements there. That's not this one, Ryan.
2: No, I, I'm not suggesting okay. that's tonight. I want your your assessment on... You know, now you're a ways into this and what you see in this group in terms of the you know why maybe why the resilience isn't there.
3: It's not resilience, it's 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 priorities. It's what goes in ahead, what goes in first. I mean how many times how many times did we lose board battles in the offensive zone where we had size advantage and they walked right off the boards and ended up exiting? That's just flat determination. You've put the puck in a great spot, now you've got to check it back. And when you let them walk off the boards, now you're letting them play with tempo. And that's, it just happens too many times. And that's work. this is a second and third effort league and it's a league of discipline especially between the blue lines and when you do what we do and this is to me typical of what's gone on in four of the last six games especially at home we don't play like this on the road we don't come close to playing like this on the road but we sure as heck do here this has a lot of commonality this looked a lot quite frankly like the Detroit game and it had a lot of commonality like that and at the end, the players just have to get, they have to reach a point where they're just sick of it. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Terry's- Just the, uh, wrapped up in that
2: is the, you, you gave yourself a great example of uh, what you need to do to win 48 hours earlier. Uh, and then there's like, a, it, 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 is that difficult to come home and replicate
3: the, the same thing when you've just been paid off? Well, I don't think it is. I don't think it is, but obviously it's the inconsistencies of this hockey club. It's, to me, it's priorities. And we'll get to it. But I know what you're saying. And I know what Mark's saying. I, I agree with you guys, but my job is to figure out why and, and try to fix it. But it's, um, it's three great, since the break, it's been three great road games. Playing the right way, acting the right way, behaving the right way. And then we get home, and it's it's being poor. It's being poor hockey here, poor team hockey. And that's, for me personally, it's really irritating. It really bothers me, Terry, and to see that. And so it's on me to fix it.
0: All right, there is an irritated and I would say even a little angry Ken Hitchcock after the Oilers lose 5-2 to the San Jose Sharks. So he talked about turnovers. He said we didn't give ourselves a fighting chance tonight, too casual in the game, suggesting the team has its priorities in the wrong order. said not enough determination, especially in board battles. And at the end, you heard him say it, Rob, poor team hockey. And as we were talking about, he also mentioned the difference in play at home as opposed opposed to on the road.
1: Well, and it's all the things that we touched on. When when he says that they didn't have... They were losing board battles. To me, that's desperation. I don't think the Oilers played a lot of desperation. A great example is is Apuliarvi, who's got big size and strength, and when you put the puck in a certain area on a forecheck and he gets in there and it's a 50-50 battle and the shark comes out with it or the opposition comes out with it, that's a board battle lost by a bigger player. Uh, he talks about the, the number of... Turnovers, well, we talked about that. San Jose, before the game, we said, you know, you've got to have good puck management. San Jose is as good as any team in the league, probably the best, because the defensemen they have, they can turn nothing into something very quickly. And the Oilers, time and time again, turn pucks over at the blue line, turn pucks over in the neutral zone, made blind passes, and it came back against them. And it, it, the word that he used about five or six times there was priorities. And priorities, what he's saying is, well, y- your job on this one is to be on the defensive side. Your job on this one is to back check hard through the middle. Your, your job on this one is to make sure you get the puck out on the blue line. Though That's what your priority is. Unfortunately, the Oilers didn't do those things. They did other things at that time, which led to San Jose Sharks having too many easy opportunities.
0: 5-2 San Jose wins it tonight. We'll also go down into their dressing room for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license, insolvency, trustees, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We've got a text here from Daniel who says, hey, guys, was just listening to Hitch's game. Seems like he's not happy with the work of a lot of the players. The problem that I see is, is how does he swap out a lot of these players? Other than a couple fourth liners going in and out, seems like the Oilers are stuck with this lineup. That's from Daniel.
1: Well, and it's that's funny because we've talked about it a lot. Where a team will lose a game and they'll flip the sixth defenseman or the 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 11th or 12th forward and expect something different to happen in the next game when those players really don't have a whole lot to to do in the outcome of a hockey game. Uh, the Oilers lineup. For example, this against the San Jose Sharks tonight, the other's lineup is not nearly as good as the San Jose Sharks lineup. They're not, not even close when you look top to bottom from what San Jose has, what Edmonton has. So when, you've got, uh, when you're undermanned or when you're underskilled, then you've got to play a certain way. You've got to play it to perfection. So now you've got to have a willingness to do that. You've got to understand what your role is. You know what? I want to be a goal scorer. But I've got to make the 90% play here instead of the 50-50 play. And you gotta buy into it. And you gotta prioritize, as Hitch kept saying. And the Oilers didn't do that tonight. And he said they traded chances with the with the Sharks, and they didn't, the one great example. They, they had an Oilers defenseman, I think it was a defenseman, went right down the middle and had a wide open scoring opportunity. He doesn't get it, comes back the other way. Well, the San Jose Sharks have better goal scorers on their team, deeper from top to bottom. They capitalized, so To to answer that question, there's not a whole lot Hitch can do about the makeup of the team. He's got to change somehow the identity of the team and make them buy in a different way and play a different way to have a chance against better teams.
0: So 5-2, the Sharks win it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside. And Sherwood Park. So the Oilers drop to 24, 26, and 5 on the season. And they will be uh, four points out of a playoff spot by the uh, end of the night. San Jose has already won, or pardon me, St. Louis has already won. So they go four points ahead of the Oilers. Vancouver is, is currently playing Calgary. And uh, Vancouver's two points ahead of the Oilers, so they well, can go four up as well.
1: Not only are they four points behind St. Louis, but St. Louis also has two games in hand. So that's what's even harder right. with the St. Louis one. Uh, and Minnesota, uh, they have the big win against the Minnesota Wild the other day and pulled themselves within four points. Well, now they're back to six points behind in that playoff race with three tough games coming up. The Oilers do not want to be eight to ten they're, points out after th- this road trip. They're third
0: last in the conference. They're only ahead of L.A. and Anaheim and only by two points. They're closer to last than they are to a playoff
1: spot uh, in the West. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and actually, L.A. is actually playing not bad hockey right now. Yeah,
0: LA's actually pulled ahead of Anaheim once they apply the tiebreakers.
1: Yeah, and, well, the Anaheim Ducks, unless they fire their coach, they're going to be at the bottom of the Western Conference. They might be at the bottom of the league by the end of the season.
0: alright nine six zero zero six three. We have Jim standing by. Hey, Jim, thanks for calling.
2: Hey, thanks for taking my call tonight. Listen, you know what I want to say tonight, gentlemen, is Milan Lucic, I'm sensitive. My name's Milan Lucic, and I'm sensitive. Yeah, we all get it. Get out there and off your ass and do something, please, sir. Thank you very much.
1: All right, thanks, Jim. Actually, at first I thought he was saying his name was Milan Lucic, too. I'm like, oh, my God, they got the same name. that
0: would be coincidental.
1: But now I understand what he's saying. Yeah.
0: And he wasn't happy. No. Well, Lucic hasn't had a
1: good 14 months. No, he hasn't. Not good enough.
0: 5-2 San Jose over the Oilers tonight. Do we have Sirius Gord on the line, Patrick? My goodness, what a tr- what a treat to have Sirius Gord calling in tonight. Gord, I haven't heard from you in about four days. I'm starting to miss you.
4: <laughs> well, if you miss me, buddy, that's a pretty sad statement on your life, i got to tell you. Um, First off, uh, I just want to say if I do become a full-blown alcoholic, I hope it's on Bushmills Irish whiskey. Just uh, wanted to put that out there. Um, Anyway, uh, just a little side note. My dad's uh, 85 years old this year. He's been a lifelong Leafs fan, literally sat next to Foster Hewitt to watch a game one night back in the 50s. He hasn't seen the Leafs win a cup since he was 34 years old. I'm 56. How many more years am I going to have to wait to watch the Oilers win a cup? Will I live long enough to see it? Um, And the only thing I want to say about tonight is Hitchcock in his presser, I think, Reed, you you heard him say, that the the, the players – uh, aren't, you know, they need to find that it's unacceptable the way they played tonight. Yeah. And I think the thing is, and I think we saw it tonight, is they find it perfectly acceptable. This is a team that's used to losing. This is a team that, that is numb to losing. And, you know, if you're down 5-1 in front of a home team, you know, at least get into a scrap, you know, stick somebody, do something. But they just rolled over and died. And... You know, this has been going on for a decade or more, as I said somewhere else. You know, we haven't seen the Oilers be competitive since the dawn of high-definition television, much like the Leafs have not seen them win the Cup since black-and-white television became outmoded. You know, how much longer is it going to take before this team actually truly cares about winning and winning a Cup ultimately? It's just, this is one of those games that just, makes you shake your head and wonder whether it's worth it hanging on.
0: Well, Gord, I'm sorry to hear you so despondent because I know you're usually a very energetic caller. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of the games lately have been, like we've talked about, when it goes out of control for the Oilers, it goes really out of control. Teams score in bunches. The Oilers are are behind. They don't do a lot to get back into games. Uh, you know, I know. I know. Gord called into my nightly talk show on Chet a, f- a few days ago, and we talked about where the roster is at and things they have to add to a be a playoff team, where you're a wild card team, and then what you have to add to be a Stanley Cup team. There's a big gap right now between the Oilers and the Stanley Cup teams. So we'll see how they. Deal with that. I mean, we've been having this conversation for a while, absolutely. Okay, if you're on hold, stay there. We are going to get as many people as possible in tonight. We'll also go back into the Oilers and Sharks dressing room. It is Kevin LeBanc with a hat trick tonight for the Sharks in a 5-2 win. The goal scorers for the Oilers, Nugent Hopkins and Cassian, but another loss at Rogers Place for the Oilers. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction.
1: This is the Canadian Brewhouse
0: Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630-10. To Couture, slapped in front, one-timer save made on hurdle by Talbot. That was a tough save. That high slot tip. Talbot, a tricky save. He's got 23 stops tonight. Alright, that's Talbot's save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at service.ca. Talbot facing a lot of High-quality chances against tonight as the Oilers are outshot 31-23 in San Jose, beating the Oilers again. 5-2 is the final. They beat them 7-2 earlier in the season. They beat them 7-4 earlier in the season. The first game back on November 20th, the Oilers did win 4-3 in overtime. Five-game home ice losing streak for the Oilers. I mentioned this stat earlier. It's not a good one. 26-12. The Oilers have been outscored. Maybe it's good. The next three games are on the road. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 8.35. We are live in Studio 99 for Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. You'll hear from Kyle Brodziak in a minute or two here. But first, we have Phil on the open line. Hey, Phil.
5: You know what I'm hearing? I- I'm hearing negative, 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 negative. Okay? I'm going to throw a little positive in here, Okay. And Rob, you kind of touched on it right at the beginning of the show here tonight, and we thank you for that, okay? Uh, you know what? Tonight's game. Did anybody in their right mind expect that we, the Oilers, were going to win tonight's game? No.
0: I did not, personally.
5: Nobody did. Okay, I mean, San Jose is a powerhouse in the league. They're coming in here. Uh, we've lost to them by huge margins twice already in the past this year. And Rob said it quite well. You know, the score at the end of the game, end of the game, today's game is really a, con- a compliment to the others. Okay, let's try, let's try, try giving these kids a little bit of a, you know, an uplift instead of dumping on them, dumping on them, dumping on them. Okay. Um. No, I kind of forgot my little train of thought that I had here. Uh, Oh, got so many of them. Okay, um. One thing that we that I, a positive that i seen in, in tonight's game, okay, and this has been a pattern of the Oilers here, um, part of their identity, shall we say, ever since they lost in the playoffs here, okay? We get up by a, a goal or two or three, and we go on cruise control, and we ride it, and then we end up losing it. And we've seen that since the break, okay? Okay. Um, Tonight's game, the Minnesota game, and, and basically I've been seeing this improvement since the break, okay? You know, we're playing a full game. Tonight's game we were down by four points and we're in their end and we're fighting to the you know, with two minutes left. This is a positive that I see in our team, okay? And I I've seen this positive start since Hitchcock came in to replace Sergeant Slaughter there, okay? Let's look at some positives. Let's let's try and, and give these guys a boost, okay? And get rid of the identity of the Oilers being Gretzky, Messier, Curry, and Anderson. Let
0: we, we haven't little... mentioned those guys, Phil. Rob and I don't talk about that.
5: Well, we hear way too much, okay? And that's still the identity of the Oilers is the 30-year-ago Oilers. It's so just, just food for thought, guys. Have a good evening.
0: Okay. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room for Kyle Brodziak, courtesy of GCL Diesel, Genuine Diesel Parts and Turbo Charters at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Um, bringing your road games at
1: home, how do
5: you think the team can do that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think any time you play on the road, it seems uh, for some reason you, you play a little more of a, a, a simple game. Um, you know, it gets you... It gets you involved early. I, I think our, our starts at home have have not been good enough, and uh, you know, obviously, in the third period last uh, last few games, uh, we're giving we're giving goals up early, and, and that's been killing us.
2: Consistency has has been an issue. You guys at times have been able to find your game, but not necessarily hang on to it long enough. What, yeah. Why do you think that is?
5: Uh, yeah, that's tough. It's tough to answer. It's definitely been a, a huge problem where. Um, you know we've gone on good streaks we've gone on really bad streaks and then in the middle we've um, you know we've had had trouble gaining traction so um, you know it's something that you know every day we're going to talk about it and and, and uh, keep trying to work on it but um, you know we got to find some answers see.
0: yeah they sure do there's Kyle Brodziak 5-2 San Jose beating the Oilers tonight 780-496-0063 we have Jordan standing by hey Jordan thanks for calling
4: yeah, um, I guess
2: to put a bit more specific point on your last caller there and maybe answer to Gord, uh, I actually think we played fairly well considering the fact that we had so much momentum there in the second. I mean, and, and, and Ray, like for you, all the years you played, I mean, you can you can really outplay a team and just get snakebinched just bad luck. If one of those chances goes in, I think it's a completely different game. Fair comment?
1: Well, I, it's funny. I talked about it at the end of the second period. The others are down two. They're coming to the second period, and, and they had a number of great scoring chances. Very incredibly unlucky. They had a post, they have an open net, puck bounces over his stick, and they've got momentum going their way. And then Cassian took a silly penalty. And when he took the silly penalty, he eventually snowballed into a puck over the glass penalty, two power plays in a row, and the San Jose Sharks go up by three. That's things that you cannot do when you play good hockey clubs. You actually have something going there. The Oilers... And, and I'm sitting in the press box, and you know what? I think the others are going to score one year. They're getting a ton of good chances. they got more energy. San Jose's kind of sleepy coming off a, a period that was pretty easy for them in the first, and then you take a silly penalty. So I agree that if something goes in there, that the game could have gone differently. But when you're playing good teams, you've got to play smart hockey, and smart hockey means not taking the wind out of your sails by taking a penalty you don't need to take. And Hitch
0: referenced it, too. They're down 3-1 to start the... Third period and a turnover on the fourth goal and as, as Hitch said it looked like we're going to get a great scoring chance right down the middle and nine seconds later it's a goal again uh, a goal again so I I understand what you're saying and I understand what the other caller said sure there were there were good moments for the Oilers in the game but there weren't enough no and and the and the, and the mistakes outnumbered the the good pressure that the Oilers and
1: had. I, I got to be honest I, at no point during this game sitting up top watching, did I feel the Oilers were going to win? I I really didn't. I just think that looking at the way San Jose was playing, uh, looking at the opportunities they were getting, they missed a number of golden opportunities in the first seven minutes of the first period. As the Oilers got caught sleeping a few times, San Jose was in full control the entire night, and that's because the Oilers weren't playing the the right way, and Ken Hitchcock talked about it. They came in here and they... They weren't playing the, the way that they had talked about, the way that they need to be successful. And when you play good teams, they take advantage of it.
0: All right, Jordan, we're going to finish the play with you. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, fast-track indoor karting, safe adrenaline-pumping fun, fast edmonton.com. Now it's a four-on-two, and a man fell down. Here's a chance. He fell. Chase on centers, and missing the one-timer was... Okay, who missed that one-time opportunity? Was it Toby Reeder or Ryan Nugent Hopkins? I'll say Reader. Or 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 if you you had another choice. If you had another choice. Or
2: or Nuge would be the the, other
0: choice, probably. All right. That's correct. So your name's going into the grand prize draw.
1: Well done, Jordan. Excellent adjustment. And again, there's another perfect. I mean, the Oilers get a huge break. San Jose Shark does the backwards toe pick at the blue line. The Oilers have a four on one from the blue line in with no back checkers. They didn't even get a shot on net. And again, when you get golden opportunities against good teams, you got to capitalize, and the Oilers miss one there.
0: All right, other action tonight. Late in the first period, Flames and Canucks tied at 2. This is the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Golden Knights lead the Blue Jackets 2-1 late in the first. The Bruins beat the Kings 5-4 in overtime. These are all finals coming up. Sabres 3, Detroit 1, Wild win 4-2 in New Jersey. Islanders in overtime 4-3 against the Avalanche. Flyers knock off the Ducks 6-2. Blues win again 3-2 against Nashville. Senators on home ice 5-2 against the Jets. Coyotes edge the Stars 3-2. Stars rallied late but couldn't tie it. Maple Leafs in overtime. Tavares gets his 33rd beating Montreal 4-3. Lightning outscore the Penguins 5-4 and the Panthers win 5-4 against the Washington Capitals. Here on 6-30, Ched Kevin LeBank, a hat trick for the Sharks. They beat the Oilers 5 2. Here's LeBank for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Uh, how much did, did it help just to have the the all star break? Did that help you reset your game at all? You know, I know you had a little bit of struggles going in.
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was definitely nice having that break, uh, get your mind off of hockey. Kind of, I went back home to my family, so it was nice. Uh, and uh kind of recharge the batteries, and uh, you just feel that much better uh, coming in into the last little bit of the season. did you feel like you had something to prove coming in here into the second half? yeah, I mean uh, just uh, I feel like I put in a lot of work every day, and uh, i got I gotta show that I'm doing everything that I can to be here and uh, to make myself better and make uh, this team better as well, and try and uh improve ourselves in the standings so uh, we got a great team here and we just gotta keep this rolling for us. But it seemed like some of the
2: practices coming out of the break you were you know on the practice ice early staying out late I mean was that a conscious decision of yours is that were you were on were you on more than normal I mean yeah is that, you know what yeah you're
6: yeah absolutely I mean uh, I, you just kind of work on your shot work on your passes and uh it all uh It'll have a really good uh, effect on your game in the long run, I think. And the more you do it, the better your shot will be, the better your stride, the better your passing. So you just got to really do the work
0: on and off the ice. All right, that's Kevin LeBanc. Three goals tonight, up to nine on the season, leading the way as the Sharks beat the Oilers 5-2 at Rogers Place. We'll take a quick timeout. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osman Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse
0: Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. All right, your final tonight, San Jose 5, Edmonton 2. For Face Off Trivia, Dan, a winner. Joe Thornton tonight, 1,540th game in the NHL. That ties him for 15th with, what, two Alberta-born players. One from Edmonton, one from Halkirk.
1: Rob? Uh, Shane Doan? Yes. And the only reason I know the other one is I saw you. Oh, you answer. saw me write it down, Johnny Busick? <laughs> yes, I wouldn't have guessed Johnny, but he so, was a very good hockey player.
0: Uh, I think Stoffer earlier was guessing Norm Allman, which would he have been did, a yes. good guess too. One thousand dollar prepaid Visa gift card is what Dan is going into the grand prize draw for. That's courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved AlpineCredits.ca. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mike standing by. Good evening, Mike. Hey, Reed. Hey, man. Um,
5: I uh, I didn't have a bone to pick with Lucic tonight. I actually thought he had a decent game, and if that one uh, um, break kind of that they had there, if they would
2: have actually passed it to him instead of a three-foot aerial to the guy trailing, that uh, probably, probably would have scored. Um, I really like Hitchcock, you know, his his interviews after the game. He's really open, honest, and, and candid. candid. Um, I guess I got a question for Rob, though. Like, is, it, is, it, is there a maturity problem with the team, or is it just like a forgetting how to play hockey <laughs> inside of a few minutes? Because it seems like they're doing okay, and then they just collapse, and I would really like to know why.
1: Um, uh, he, he, the, he said maturity, right? Yeah. I, I don't think there's a maturity because some of the guys making the mistakes have been around a long, long time, and they've been around and no, should know better. I think... Uh, Hitch said it best when you use priority and and, your priority has got to be For this team to be successful has got to be defense first They're not gonna trade chances with the team and win They've got two guys that can score more or less on any given night They've only got one line that has any consistency as an offensive weapon, so they're not going to be able to uh, Get into a track meet and and come out victorious You've got to prioritize what what you can do to give yourself the best chance to winning hockey games and the Oilers aren't doing that. They're Sometimes they're on the wrong side of their man in their own defensive end. They're not in the right shooting lane. When they're in their own zone, they're instead of picking the man up and just taking a stick away, they're watching the guy with the puck. We've seen that a number of times. There's been really, a lot of really good pictures on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff like that where they show four Oilers def- defenders watching a guy behind the net and the guy's wide open in front. Uh, that's not maturity. That's just uh, a willingness. Uh, for some players, I, I do believe it's hockey IQ. I think that there's some players that have a hard time grasping, you know, what they should be doing in certain situations It's not through lack of trying from the coaching staffs. Because I guess I'm 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 99% sure that a lot of the stuff that Todd McCullough was trying to instill in this team, Hitch is trying to instill the same type of thing. There's not a whole lot of different defensive structures out there. The players a got to buy into it. B got to be willing to buy into it, and C got to be smart enough to understand what they have to do. And on some nights, you're questioning one of those three, and other nights you're questioning all three.
0: Yeah, and improving in their own end is going to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit AlbertaChiro.com and. Do it. Do it for more than one one game at a time. I mean, you know, they they answered the. Now Minnesota's not as good as San Jose, but the the Oilers I think felt a little embarrassed against Chicago after the third period and played a more resilient game in in Minnesota. But you have to put that together. You can't do one and think, okay, that was good, and then get embarrassed again and then get woken up again. They they need they need a string.
1: Well, the problem for the Oilers, the problem for most teams that are around the same as the Oilers are in the standings is a lack of consistency, and a lack of consistency comes from teams that uh, are middle-of-the-road type hockey clubs, and the Oilers right now are striving to be a middle-of-the-road type hockey club. I mean, they're not even looking to be elite right now. You said earlier, they're two points away from being in the bottom of the Western Conference, Uh, and... They're only two points ahead of the Anaheim Ducks who have got two wins in the last 20 games. So this is a team that needs to find some consistency and they're gonna have to find it with their defensive game. That's how they're gonna win hockey games by being a strong defensive team. That's the identity they need. That's what Hitch is trying to get into them. Uh, Until they buy into it, you're gonna see a lot of games like this. 5-2 Sharks
0: win tonight at Rogers Place. We have Billy on the open line. Hey Billy, thanks for calling. How's it going? Good.
5: Well, what's to say? I'm in Studio 99 right now. I wasn't impressed with the game tonight. Um, oh,
0: where are you? Wave to us.
5: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There we come. <laughs> right there. Oh,
0: there he is. Hey, Billy.
5: So, my thing with the Oilers is there's no emotion. There's nothing going with the team right now. There's no emotion, no nothing right now going with the team. I don't know what you guys take on that one. Rob?
1: Well, I think that I couldn't look at him and listen at the same time because there's a delay. There's a delay on it. it, You're right. You can't win in the National Hockey League without emotion. And right now, the Oilers are playing a lot of games without desperation. And they, they, they should have desperation. This is a desperate time frame right now. You just have to look in the standings. They are not good enough, they're not skilled enough. To play a flat game where they can just go out and say, We're going to outskill you. They got to play with emotion where every single puck battle, every single face off, every single blue line challenge has something. There's a, got to be a winner in it. And you've got to win those battles. And the Oilers aren't winning enough of them because the desperation, emotion, intensity isn't where it needs to be for a team where it is in the standings. Did
0: you hear Hitch earlier? I, I a
1: totally
0: agree with I there, so. Yeah. Well, and, and Billy Hitch earlier said, Determination, board battles. I mean, you get the puck into the offensive zone and then San Jose walks out of it. And, and Rob, I mean, we've seen this so often, Billy, I think you're off air, but <laughs> thanks. Thanks for calling. Uh, it's nice to have you right here to talk to you. <laughs> but the NHL, if you, if you let the opposition do something clean, that's when you're in trouble. Yes. I, I mean, know, uh, There are so many plays where a guy goes for a steal, goes to intercept a pass, goes for a body check. He doesn't do it clean, but he disrupts what the other team is doing just that little bit, just that little bit, and maybe then it's three seconds later a a teammate gets the puck or actually causes a turnover because you started something to throw the other team off, and when San Jose advanced the puck up ice tonight or got a fork check going, it was there was often then clean passes, yeah, and they, that leads to clean shots. They
1: weren't impeded at all. Well, I mean, a great example is, is a face-off. They always say, you know, you don't have to win the face-off, or you don't, excuse me, you, you don't, you, if you lose a face-off, that's fine, but just don't lose it cleanly. Once you lose a face-off cleanly, you're in trouble. But if you somehow, he wins it back, but it tips somewhere, well, now you've set in a uh, a, a bunch of different things can come into play. Well, it bounced here, so now this guy can get into the right shooting lane, or, or this guy can now move into the area he needs to be. And for the Oilers tonight, there's so many times, and you talk about it, when the San Jose Sharks came out with speed, they had options. And when you're in a game with battles, there should be no option. Like, it, defensively, you're, you're trying to force a guy to do one thing, and that's the one thing that you want him to do because you're able to check that. So when he's got the puck on the board, carrying the puck in, well, I want to make sure that he goes into the corner because when he's in the corner, he can't make a play. Well, the Oilers lost so many battles that, say, Joe Thornton's come down. Well, now he's got Pavelski over there, and he's got LeBlanc over there. He's got two options. Now, when you're giving up more than one option, defensively, your defense don't know where to go. Your goaltender doesn't know which guy's going to get the puck. So, yeah, the... The San Jose Sharks had a lot of clean opportunities, clean looks. And in the National Hockey League, when you give skilled players clean looks, they usually make you pay.
0: All right, 5-2, the Sharks win it. We'll get to Wayne and John after the 9 o'clock news and weather, because I'm sure everybody wants to hear that. I don't. <laughs> We're live at Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian
1: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio,
0: 630-10. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 9.05, live inside Studio 99, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Kevin LeBanc, a hat trick. Sharks over the Oilers 5-2. LeBanc and Kane in the first period. LeBanc got another one in the second. Nugent Hopkins struck back for the Oilers on the power play. But then LeBanc early in the third hurdle shortly after that. Cassian got a late goal for the Oilers. So 5 2 is the final damage. Shots 31 23 for the Sharks. Edmonton 1 for 1 on the power play. The Sharks 1 for 5. Actually, Edmonton's power play has been good lately 6 for 12 in the last four games. But they suffer another. Home ice loss. Eleven of their last thirteen have been squandered at Rogers Place. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Wayne standing by. Hello, Wayne.
5: Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Very good. I just wanted to talk about the Oilers' defense. There, to me, they're they're just not. They don't have the confidence to play. They uh, a lot of them been in the minor leagues. You know, that's my opinion. And uh, they're just not an NHL-caliber defenseman. They uh, cough the puck up. They have no, they go in the corner, like you say, Rob was saying there. They all have their backs into the corner, forward people in front. There's a guy open, in the offside. Off and, I mean, that's where they're, they're weak on that. I'm just wondering, what about that Colton Pareko, Pareko or whatever, St. Louis?
1: Well, be, I, any... if I'm St. Louis, St. Louis is going to be a playoff team. I, I wouldn't be trading Colton Pareko. And to get Colton Pareko, you're gonna to have to give up something really good to get him because he's—I think he's an excellent young defenseman in the National Hockey League. So I—I—I I, I know that people threw his name out before, and that's when St. Louis was in second last in the Western Conference. Well, St. Louis is going to be a playoff team, and Colton Break will be a big part of their team.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Wayne makes a great point, and I think defending as a whole was a problem for the Oilers yep. tonight. I mean, the backchecking wasn't wasn't great by the forwards.
1: Well, I mean, uh, they they tried filling holes when Sekro went down, and they tried Gravel, they tried Manning, Petrovic, uh, and it, it hasn't worked out for them with those players. Benning being out of the lineup, and I know there's some people out there that are not big fans of Matt Benning, but Matt Benning is better than a couple of defensemen that were in the lineup tonight, so they were missing Matt Benning in the lineup yep. as well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think Manning had a, had a great game. I think Gravel has... He, he gives you what he has. Well, I think, but uh, on most, yeah. his most 7, 8, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, or, a third you
1: know. pairing of Gravel and Benning is probably their their best option right now. But too many, too many great A scoring chances. The others are given up, and it's not just tonight. It's been a theme most of the year.
0: Yeah, five 2 the Sharks win it. John is on the line as well. John, thanks a lot for calling. Hi,
2: Reed, Hi, Rob. Uh, was at the game, and I got to say, I was absolutely disgusted by the play of Leon Dryschild tonight.
0: He didn't have a um, good game.
2: You know what, he directly caused two goals because he was just too lazy to back-check. He's a couple seconds behind the second goal. He, uh, the other goal that he didn't back-check on, he was already at the bench while they, they were attacking. He took two stupid penalties and he's standing around at center ice when we're struggling to get it out of the zone. And uh, Ollie, you know he could come back to the play, he could move, he could give them a target. I just, and what I don't understand, you guys, is why Hitchcock didn't bench him, because if you let your top guys get away with that kind of behavior, the other guys think it's okay, and I just I just felt like you have to have the forwards buying into what Hitchcock is saying, and you come back. Ty start started doing that, Cassian was back checking, Nuj is back checking, but not Leon Drysettle. That was just a lazy, lazy, sad effort.
0: Leon didn't have a good game, and we, we talked about that for sure, specifically on the cane goal. John, I got to ask you something. I know you call Inside Sports a lot to talk about the Eskimos, too. Uh, Riley might leave, buddy. How are you doing with that possibility? You no,
4: know, I
2: was just going to say <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be calling you Tuesday, Reed, to, to figure out what we're going to do with the Eskimos. <laughs> I, I'm, I I. don't feel bad if he goes to vancouver because he's thinking i'll play half my games in the dome and i'm close to home and i get all of that because all the other things are pretty even all
0: you know? right well i look forward to the next time you call john sorry you I, didn't get a good good result coming to rogers tonight
2: no well that's just the way it is i'm not giving up on the team I'm, they're on a road trip I think they're still in it, and uh, I do think that the defense is going to get better. But, boy, the forward's got to help out, and we'll talk to you Tuesday, Reed.
0: Well, uh, thanks. Well, it's, it's amazing where I'm going to hammer this point again. John said it. I've got some tweets. We've got some texts. We've had people come up to us during commercial breaks in Studio 99, and a lot of people have said, thank God they're going on the road. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. You have a tough road trip, and it's thank God they're
1: coming home. No, people, people are saying, thank goodness, the next three are away from home. They, they need something. They need something to change in, in their game. They play better on the road. Hopefully that uh, a road trip, some success on the road trip will translate into uh, bringing a more confident game back to Rogers the next time they're here.
0: Uh, do you think Hitch should have done something with Leon's ice time? It's, it's no, tough it, with it, this. It,
1: because there was he wasn't the only guy. There's no, and I agree. Leon had this might have been one of his uh, weakest games of the year. But Leon, on the course of this season, 95% of his games have been strong. Uh, you get, I thought after he took a dumb penalty, he did take a couple of dumb penalties. He actually, when the guy came back and retaliated against him, he should have had a two penalty for 2 on the guy in the back of the right. leg. That started the whole thing. Uh, after he messed up, messed up on the non-back check, the next two shifts he came out and he had a little bit of fire in him. I think that's what Hitch is trying to. You know what? You know you screwed up, so go out and make amends for it. Uh, If it becomes a habit, if it becomes not just a game, if it becomes 2-3, well then obviously you have to step in. But Leon Dreisel if this team is going to go anywhere, they need Leon Dreissel playing like he has for 95% of the season.
0: Okay, so the Oilers will play again on Wednesday in Pittsburgh. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad, 4.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 6. Stoffer has Oilers now noon to 2 every day. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. And as we mentioned, CFL Free Agency and the future of Mike Riley is going to be a big story in the days to come thanks to patrick bauer our studio producer back at 6:30. 30 and also to troy bowler our engineer here at studios 99 oilers hockey presented by osmond auction this has been canadian brew house overtime open line the sharks get a 5-2 win over the oilers on behalf of rob brown i'm reed wilkins thanks for listening have a great night